I had some I had some goop come in today. Um, and I must get it, I don't know, three times a week. Hey, uh, where's your Scrapple? I'm Scrapple? Like, yeah. I said, who the fuck wants Scrapple? Isn't Do you know what a, it is? Is it? Well, that, that's a Pennsylvania thing, isn't it? Like a. It's basically a. It's basically a Pennsylvania, Baltimore. It's kind of like that little area thing. Because every time my mom comes up to visit, she buys like twelve pounds of it. Because he sell it in like one pound thing. I don't. I don't. I ain't touching it. There's no chance I'm touching it. Isn't it like scrambled eggs, but with a bunch of add-ins like chunked ham? No, it's all the it's know? it's all the leftover of the pig. Oh, it's okay. like it's like ham salad. Oh God, I I don't know what you guys call it, but yeah, Nate, would it's, that be what ham salad is? No, I don't think scrapple's the same thing. I, I've never eaten it. I've heard about it though, like on a food show or something. That I was talking like where they were talking about like regional regional foods that you don't find elsewhere. Yeah. It comes in a. It, it looks like a little. Like not even a little brick, it's about mid size between like um I don't I guess like a, a Hershey miniature and like an actual brick. It's like it, it comes. Jesus. You, know, you really could if you put three of them in a in a in a pillowcase and you whack somebody over the head with it. I saw the scrappledy snitches get scrapples. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's definitely a, that's definitely. I know it's a Baltimore thing, but it might be just a Baltimore. I don't think it's even Virginia. I think it's Baltimore, Pennsylvania. Yeah, because when I when I saw whatever I was watching the show when they were talking about regional foods, it was in Pennsylvania where they were talking about it. So, yeah, yeah. That's that's a Dutch that's a Dutch thing up here. The Dutch market's huge up here at our at our big. We have a, a weekly sa- Saturday and Sunday big flea market here. It's it's its own place, indoor and outdoor. Mm-hmm. And, and the Amish have it. Archie Mitchell. Yes. Yes. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I was this wondering is- who the hell. I thought we all. I didn't. I wasn't expecting to see another box like at all. Because <laughs> I, 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 go- I googled. I googled what is really in Scrapple, and it says Google says. Is essentially a type of meat pudding. Scrapple, scrapple is usually made of finely minced ground pork meat and offal spices and coarse flour such as cornmeal or buckwheat. <laughs> buckwheat? <laughs> so it says. Oh, you might as well throw in okay. some alfalfa sprouts. And I'm, it says offal, O F F. A-L. I think they mean awful. <laughs> yeah, and that's how I kind of read it. Finely minced ground pork meat and awful. <laughs> but I'm Spice. telling you, it's, it ain't telling you what part of the pork that with the pig that it is. I'm telling you, it's the leftovers. Because, I mean, you, you got, what, the bacon? You got the pork chops? I mean, you can basically break down a pig and uh, there's not a whole lot left. And then, and then it, 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 it says Scrapple can taste like liver liverwurst or French country pate, depending on the mix of ingredients. Oh, just the word some, pate alone. Oh. Some Scrapple is made without liver, and depending on how much sage is in the recipe, can taste like a breakfast sausage. Is Good it, Lord. Let's play this taste test. Is it Scrapple or is it diaper filling? <laughs> why do you say through the word butter in there? I mean, uh, yeah, like pudding. Um, I'm like, it's none of that stuff. Is it? Is it safe to say that Scrapple may be what's inside of a hot dog? Yeah. You I know mean, what I mean? But just without a casing? It's like it, they should have just yeah. said, in other words, they should have just said, in other words, it tastes like any... Any fancy cheese. 
Right. It looks like it too. <laughs> Great fancy feast. That's Scrapple. I'll send you guys a can. <laughs> Please don't. I've already I'll had Vegemite. It was not good. I'm making like into a dookie. I'll, I'll get like a, a fake gold. <laughs> oh can, God! Like a Volkswagen <laughs> medallion. Scrapple. I mean, I'm sure. I'm sure the three days in a box being shipped will make it look even better. I'll throw an ice tray in there. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, we want to get started and see how much mileage we get out of this thing. Three-day-old scaffold in a hot box. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to text my buddy Chris and tell him because he can make a song out of that. I, I was going to somebody... say that sounds like a song title. Three-day-old scrapple in a hot box. Yeah, like <laughs> every time we come up with something stupid like that, it becomes, so it, it becomes it's a, a song. It's a Louis it's Armstrong, a Louis it's Armstrong a classic. That's right. Yeah, it's got to be blues. Scrapple neck. Scrapple neck Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> he sang with his back to the crowd, and he had horrible gas all the time. <laughs> Scrapple neck Johnson. He sold his soul to the devil so he could play the three string fucking guitar. You know he's black, right? <laughs> he's Latin. <laughs> he's black. Oh, I said Latin. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so he's half. He's half black, half black. He's Dutch? <laughs> he's Dutch. The world's first Dutch blues artist. Yeah. Dutch, Dutch blues singer, Scrapleneck <laughs> Johnson. And he only sings in Dutch. <laughs> Scrapple and Oats. <laughs> Scrapple and Oats. <laughs> Scrapple and Oats. <laughs> he's like, she's a poor girl. <laughs> and you know what eat scrap of can't afford she can't afford spam <laughs> so she's gotta eat scrapple anyway <laughs> that's her jam her mother didn't earn no money oh her mother didn't earn no money she's a poor girl so she's gotta eat scrapple anyway <laughs> you guys you guys you guys never heard of barbecue loaf what barbecue, you, you ever heard of barbecue loaf Barbecue loaf, no? Yeah. It's, it's, it's just as bad, except they just try to cover it up in barbecue flavor. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. like Barbecue the, um, loaf? He's a rat out of hell. That barbecue loaf. <laughs> yeah, when, 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 like, I used to work for a small local chain of uh, a deli kind of convenience store, and it, it, it's like an upscale one at that. And the one that I was trained on didn't have like head cheese or or like no. but the uh, further down like the um the the, the food chain and how quality of the stores were I started seeing like head cheese and and barbecue loaf and then my buddy who who, who was working with me at one store far away goes he goes I need a half a pound of yo loaf <laughs> and I went what the fuck did he say yo yo loaf <laughs> and he goes barbecue loaf. Oh, and I want you've got to be kidding me! Barbecue. Uh, since I'm leaving all this in, as you can all as you can all hear, we have begun the recording of reliving the extreme this week, talking about uh, barbecue loaf, barbecue loaf, and, and scrapple. scrapple. And we're just going to leave it all in. Um, Nate Maxson here with you, along of course with my brother Aaron. Hello, Chad Austin. What's up? This this is going to be the night the scrapple was crossed. <laughs> And the fourth man, we finally have a fourth co-host on the show for this week, a man who has only been mentioned by name here, we name drop him every single week. He is the host of If You Smell What the Arch is Cooking here on the WrestleNet Radio Podcast Network. Yes, finally, I have Archie Mitchell and Chad Austin on the same I, show. Welcome to get, Reliving the Extreme, Archie. 
Thank you for having me, and I can guarantee you I am not cooking any scrapple or barbecue loaf. <laughs> You're not going to top it off in between two slices of head cheese? <laughs> now, now we know what Archie is not cooking. That's what I'm not cooking. <laughs> welcome to the yeah, Archie, demo. welcome to the show, finally. Thank you, guys. I'm happy to be here. So what, is he Is he, is he such scared of me that I can't even see his profile on the camera? He's not on my, Archie, on my thing. Archie, he wants to see what you look like. Oh, there he is. The big reveal. Oh, scrapple neck. It was me. It was me, Chad. It was me all along. <laughs> you were a scrapple assassin? Yes. <laughs> Which the scrappler. He the was scrappler. The I'm the scrappler. He was the, he was the leader of the Ministry of Scrapple. Yes. yes. <laughs> the scrapplers. Just me, Viscera. Just me, Viscera, Midian, and the barbecue loaf himself. Hey, I- we're only we're only eleven minutes in, and I popped Chad. The scrapper. <laughs> We've been talking about the scrapple for about thirty five minutes anyway. I know, but I just popped you and called him the scrapper. Aaron, Aaron, I imagine the scrapper being in a full body suit with a mask, but the full body suit is like poo color. It's like brown, yeah, you know, with black eyes around it. He looks like a raccoon. <laughs> Or the a big turd. The, 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 the scrappler and the spoiler can be a tag team. Because <laughs> <laughs> the scrapple spoils whatever you're going to do later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, you, you deal with the scrappler and then you end up getting poisoned. Or spoiled. <laughs> yeah, scrappler's outfit. He looks like Mr. Hanky. <laughs> right. Fucking South Park. Unbelievable, man. Yeah, this is great. This is the first time me and Archie ever got to talk other than beating up each other on a, in our group page. Yeah, yeah. We always seem to mention each other, no matter what. Oh, dude, I made, I made, I made that. Um, once I, once I, I did it. I think it was maybe twice, and then I, I think I want to say it was Aaron that kind of caught on to it. Then even in my notes, every week I have to, I wrote insert Archie Mitchell joke. That is funny. Okay, <laughs> I didn't know you. Put that. I did. I thought it would just happen organically. Well, sometimes it does, <laughs> but uh, I have like all my notebooks of like all the shows that I've ever done and everything, and like I'm, I'm gonna leave them to Jess so when I die she can auction them off. <laughs> oh God, people are gonna look in those books in a hundred years, going, "Who the fuck is Archie Mitchell? And why was Jess yes. so obsessed with him?" <laughs> yeah. I got, I got, I got notebooks and notebooks and notebooks from the old podcasts that we have done, and like. And sometimes, like, you know, nobody's going to get what you wrote down but you. Right. And I could read two words that if somebody could look at it and not mean anything, but I'll just go, oh, shit, I remember that. You know what I mean? Like, how we, right. how we got there. It's, that's kind of how I work. Well, that, this week, we don't have much of an ECW show to talk about at all. It's the uh, the episode from eleven one ninety four. They are in the home stretch going into November to remember. We didn't and go to the home stretch to anything. This is true. It just happened. True. Yeah. It would always just happen. It's still happening. Right. Before we get to, again, like I said, this it's not going to be, we're not going to have a lot to talk about the ECW show, so why don't we do our weekly segment this week and dig into Chad Austin's Wikipedia page. Oh, we haven't done it already the whole entire... No, we have not. There's still quite, actually quite, I was looking at it, I'm like, well, shit, there's quite a bit of this left. I can get quite um, a few more weeks out a- of this. Just a quick, um, um, I have to apologize. I updated his Wikipedia page like three days ago, so anything on there might or might not be true. <laughs> Well, you're oh, gonna have to cut. Ca- well, you can do that. No, I'm kidding. You can, oh. but I didn't do that. <laughs> oh, I don't care. I, I, what a I, rib! 
I, <laughs> I got nothing to do with my Wikipedia page. I didn't. I didn't. Somebody had to tell me there was one, and then when I read it, I was like, "Dude, none of this is right." When we get when we get to and it says uh, September fifteenth, nineteen ninety nine, Chad beat the Rock in the Garden. We'll right. know where uh, <laughs> we'll know where Archie edited it. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's my birthday, by the way. That's ironic. Mine's the nineteenth, so we're September, four days apart. Several, dude. My whole family. My dad only got lucky one night a year. <laughs> my brothers and sisters were all like we're like 13 i i think i have an older brother like older older brother and it's like 14 i'm 15 my sister's 16 and there's at least two other birthdays in our family in september but they're like in the 20 21st 22nd that's awesome right? that's awesome virgos are good people if we have well, to all the good ones are done because i'm the only one that's left oh damn if we I'm have the, to, for I'm, the last, I'm the last for a Virgo standing here. Well, I'll stand with you for now. For now, if we have to, if we if we have to for time, I have Sal Belomo's Wikipedia page brought up. <laughs> oh, well, we'll see where we're at. Yeah, we'll, we'll be done, but we'll we'll be way done by the time we want to do this. One. <laughs> <laughs> I'll make us done. I'll stretch this bitch out for another forty five minutes. <laughs> well, here, here's the uh, here's the next paragraph <laughs> at, Hard- at Hardcore Heaven, nineteen ninety five. A tag match between Chad and the Broad Street Bully against Dino Sendoff and Donnie Allen ended in a no contest when 911, as he did the previous year, entered the <laughs> ring and choke slammed all four men. He and Donnie Allen also lost to Dancers with Dudley and Dudley Dudley at Gangsta's Paradise on August 16th. So there's ECW stuff, but here we go. Here I like it when we did the non-ECW stuff. Slavinsky! Also defeated Raven for the MEWF Mid-Atlantic Championship on October 1st, 1995. Okay. Is his name only Slavinsky? (laughs) One name? Simply Slavinsky. That's That's right, dude. Wow. And and it's going to be the only name that Vince wouldn't want to be shorter. Right. (laughs) Right. You've got to be Slavinsky. (laughs) Right. (laughs) We have Riddle, we have Theory, and we have Slavinsky. Slavinsky. (laughs) You can't be slimp. It's Maybe. two syllables in my name, and it's it's too much for for Vince. But he, it somehow rolls off his tongue. Slavinsky. <laughs> so the 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 MEWF was that like um, it was the only game in town? Okay, so that was pre MCW then, right? There wasn't an MCW yet. MCW came out of yeah. MCW came out of uh, MEWF. Okay, like like um, Maryland's so screwed up when it comes to, to getting promoters licenses. Like there was only two of them that were issued in the state, and they wouldn't they wouldn't like give you anymore. Give and 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 dealing with Maryland is a pain in the ass, dude. Like they make money mm-hmm. off of off of wrestling and boxing up, up here, dude. They get a they get a part of the gate. They have a whole um physical physical medical background protocol that costs money because it costs money to do the physical. Right. <clears throat> you got to get a license that costs money. Like just you know run, making money in Maryland is is difficult because. I heard I heard people complaining before on our, our local page about the ticket prices and and Danny does the best that he can because he's not paying shit to, for the building. He runs his school out of that building, so it's not like he's not paying rent to travel the ring. You know what I mean? Right. So I mean, he don't have a he don't have a shit ton of overhead. But yeah, Maryland is brutal, man. Like I've always wanted to run a show, but I could if it was somewhere else that didn't really have a commission. I don't know how to handle it. You know, I couldn't do it in Maryland. I would have to have I would have to have somebody help me, and that's not the way I, I'd want to run a show. Right. Um, let's see. He lost the title to Corporal Punishment 
on November 12th after it was declared vacant the next month. And and after it was declared vacant the next month, lost the title to Devin Storm in a match to determine the new champion. Um, so. Yeah, I, I think there. Well, I, I never lost to the Devin Storm. I I lost to Devin Storm, but I was I, I should have been way gone out of the picture by that by out of the championship picture by then. I was working with Devin Storm. Hated it. Just did. We just didn't. I mean, we were we talked and stuff, but we just didn't gel. Because basically, when I work like good high flyers, like got, like the SATs and stuff like that, you don't you don't have to be as good as them to do your high spots. But Devin Storm was as good as me. So it looked like two just sloppy independent guys trying to out, you know, high spot each other. Mm-hmm. And, and I just I just knew it wasn't going to gel, you know, because Raven would never have done that shit with me. Right. You know, right. He, he would have known what I could do, but I didn't know enough about him to, to tell him what you know we should do. And he didn't know enough about me to tell him me what I should do. We just kind of put it together. And we're just like, eh, you know, first time touch. You know, right. could have been better. But he wasn't like sloppy or anything. It just, it was just. No, he just wasn't. He's not Scorpio. Yeah, he's just, he's like, he's a lot like me. You know, he's not mm-hmm. perfect. All right. What else did so, I do? So, well, and I, I'm actually, for, for the sake of the show, for the future, because I don't want to really dig into the New Jack shit until we actually get to the New Jack shit. So I'm going to skip that. And that's the last ECW thing. We're going to skip that for the sake of, for the sake of future episodes. So leaving ECW shortly after the New Jack incident, Slavinsky began competing in the Mid-Eastern Wrestling Federation. A month, before his, a month before his run-in with New Jack, he had wrestled Steve Carino in Baltimore. Any, okay. any, any, any memories of wrestling Carino? Was he? I loved him. I loved him because he he didn't have he he wasn't Steve, the Steve Carino that he is today. Mm-hmm. He he was um I would say he was probably greener than me, but not a whole lot. Maybe I had him by a year, eight maybe eight months, you know. Mm-hmm. But you know he was a brandy guy, a, you know, a, a Tom Brandy guy, and yeah, we we had we had like a really good match. Like we had um uh it was a three way ladder match. And neither me or him were going over, so we destroy. We we decided that we were going to destroy the ladder, so that whoever was going <laughs> to win had to make the ladder <laughs> functional. Because we only Dennis was only going to buy one ladder, so we just kept doing like high spots, like putting the opponent up against it. Another guy would jump off, and he would just kick it in the middle, like in the little, <laughs> in the little legs. Oh, dude, it was yeah. We we used to do that kind of stuff, but yeah, it worked. But it was brutal. We're laying there trying to sell. Like, we had to hold the ladder. <laughs> like, laying there. We looked like slubs. Um, all right, so his next sentence. His injury, his injuries, meaning you, caused him to miss a year of ring time before eventually returning to the ring in early 97. Were you really out for a year? I wasn't even out for a full week. <laughs> <laughs> so who wrote this? <laughs> I, I told you. I, I mean, I'm sure I told you. After this... Okay, all right, what was this? This would have been on a Saturday night, right? Yeah, this is, well, it just says, um... No, I'm just saying, when was this show that we're reviewing? It was probably a Saturday night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, how about this? I arrived in Little Rock, Arkansas, and got what's called a Betty bus. It's a free shuttle all the way to the little town that I had to go to because I was staying there. And it was the next day. Or if it wasn't the next day, it was the next day. So, I mean, that must mean I have amazing recuperative powers. My broken leg healed over, not even overnight. You're a machine like Cena. It's crazy. In 12 hours, my, my broken leg healed up. In one of his first match back matches back, he was scheduled to headline a National Wrestling League show in Boonesboro, Maryland. 
with Devin Storm on April 22nd, 1997, but the match was canceled when Storm was unable to appear. Oh, okay. Then maybe that's when, uh, oh man, that could have been when they wanted to put me against, um, I guess one of the guy, I knew who, I knew who was running the show and, uh, the guy who was kind of booking the show wanted to put him against, put him against me. And then, um, he wanted, he wanted to go over and, I told him that I couldn't, I couldn't put him over. Mm. And, uh, it was like a bought show. So there was probably 700 people, you know, give or take, but it, it could have been seven. It could have been eight fifty people there. It was a bought show and he wanted, he wanted to go over. And I told him, I said, I can't, it's not that I wouldn't. It's just that I can't because I'm starting to get pushed like on ECW TV as an underneath guy, you know? So right. technically I should be beating underneath guys, which I guess you technically are. And he didn't see it that way. And, and, you know, and it was like, we, he did, we never had any arguments over it. He was just like, all right, I'm sorry. You feel that way. And I'm like, it's not that I wouldn't do it. I put you over in a heartbeat if I wasn't going to already on TV like three days ago. Right. Um, Chad lost to, I, I'm interested to know who this might be. If you even know, maybe it's just a uh, Mark Stark, but Chad lost to the cat burglar. Oh, in, yeah, a three, in a three in a three way dance with Steve Carino for the MEWF Light Heavyweight Championship on September eighteenth, nineteen ninety eight. Discount repo man, dude. Oh, he, the cat burglar is the best. We, <laughs> uh, I love Bert, man. Bert's awesome. Like I don't even know. I don't even know how he got into the business. Why didn't he go by Bert the Cat Burglar? <laughs> The cat burglar's name is Bert. <laughs> Bert, yes. Oh, it's fucking great. The cat burglar. He, um, yeah, he was great. Like he was, he was, he was small. He was probably my size, maybe even a little smaller. But we put him in like that black zip jumpsuit gimmick, and mm-hmm. we put the little uh, thing around his eyes, like he was like he had to wear gloves. And uh, you're not gonna believe how he made his debut. <laughs> Take a guess how he made his debut. What what did he steal? He didn't steal anything. He fell through the ceiling tile. <laughs> That's <laughs> we had perfect. Him. Oh my god. <laughs> we had him crawling. <laughs> we had him crawling across the ceiling and then we just took like we we put like tape across one of the um ceiling tiles for where he's supposed to stop at. And um it was already like crisscross so all he had to do is just put some weight into it it would take it right out of the track and sure enough we're like laying there and boom here comes the cat burglar just <laughs> crashing through the ceiling did he come out to the pink panther theme please tell me he came out to the pink <laughs> no panther. he came out to the 007 whatever at mr oh. secret bum, agent bum, man bum, or whatever bum, 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 bum. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I think that's fantastic booking for a cat burglar to let him come to the ceiling. I I love it. (laughs) Dude, we had a guy. We had a guy that he wasn't even fully trained, but we we named him Knuckles Sandwich, right? And his we've heard that name on on Nate's show. Yeah, on the slice on the slice of time show, I'll go through indie results sometimes, and we've we've had that that name. name. We've had that name (laughs) pop up in the indie results. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my god we we had we had some doozies, man. We used to make. I mean, the Pat Patterson Junior is extraordinary. Um, Yeah, dude, we've had. You can, I mean, if you're an insider, you can always see the rib or whatever kind of thing, but. Yeah, man, we had some. Oh, Gordon, oh, Gordon, Gordon Dressel. Oh, wait, wait till you get a hold of Gordon Dressel. 
Mr. Destiny. Oh, this guy. He he was all archied up. He had it on his, <laughs> on, his uh, on his spandex. He had he had Destiny on his ass, right? And and you could barely see it because his ass was so flabby that the letters were all crooked. Oh, it, it was uh yeah, he was bad. And he was one of them guys that I can't stand these guys. I, I can't even stand it when the, the name guys do it. Oh my god, is that another moped again? <laughs> When, when these guys that always like they they're constantly pulling up their trunks after they get slammed. We've talked about that with Ian Ian Rotten, yeah. Oh, dude, Ian, yeah, Ian has to pull up his trunks after he locks up after they say his name. It's literally his gimmick at this point. I hated it. I even hated it, like because Dusty was terrible. Dusty was was awful in in the early, even in the mid eighties. Well, mid eighties not so much because a lot a lot of his gigs on TV he was wearing a suit shit. But um, it's uh, Dusty's a blatant blader, man. Mm-hmm. You could you can always see him, and then if you know what what to look for, you can always. And the camera guy doesn't know. You can always see the guy outside just laying it, laying there, covering himself up. You know, and you're not going to see that in the WWE. On October first, nineteen ninety nine, Chad wrestled Jack, Jake, not Jack Daniels, Jake Daniels, for the Bad Crews Hardway Wrestling in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. I don't have any. I, I'm not saying it didn't happen because that would have been. I, I wrestled there a lot. Bad Crew was great, man. I love working for them guys. You ever heard? Well, they were. They came in ECW later on. They were only. They were there when Paul was running the towns that they ran mm-hmm. because they also had a license. I, I was going to say I distinctly remember. I remember them, but I don't remember them. I yeah, guess. they would make like two appearances, like on a, oh, the weekly show, you know, on like street hardcore TV. I remember them a couple times, yeah, and then they go away, they got, and then, like you said, they'd come right back a year later. You know what I mean? Eventually, they got the gangster. Like that was their that was their ending too. Mm-hmm. I think they may have gotten the win. I don't, it wasn't against us. I don't think. What it wasn't against me and my 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 cohorts, Dino or, De- or Diny or Joel. When we all drove the- together. We all drove together on a bus, a Greyhound. Like, none of us had a car. That's how we traveled. And one more sentence in this paragraph, and then we'll dive into this very short edition of ECW. But um, it's actually a guy I wanted to ask you about because I see the, I used to see the name all the time in the magazines and stuff. Um, Chad also wrestled for Atlantic Terror Championship Wrestling and and Q-Ball Carmichael's Independent Pro Wrestling Alliance. Hell yeah, Q-Ball. Q-Ball. Q- Hubal Carmichael is a name from the magazines when yep. I was a teenager. I I, I, I know the name. Call I don't him a name. Well, okay, and a name. I guess a name on paper that I remember. I don't know if I've ever I've ever seen him wrestle though. To be honest with you. Well, honestly, you're doing it. Well, you're not really doing yourself a favor. It's kind of an injustice because <laughs> if, if you like the kind of wrestling that I like, he's the kind of wrestler you want to watch. He's um not very polished. Great guy because he he ended up. We ended up figuring out a way to cover up how bad he was, and, and mainly it was not let him wrestle, but um, he, we we put him we put him in our group of total quality management because all we did was take all the guys that were working on every show but didn't have anything to do. Mm-hmm. So it was like he, he was one of them guys that didn't have anything to do, and he wasn't good. Like and that's not a knock on him. He he'd probably admit that he might know psychology, but he doesn't have good, good execution. That's you know anybody. Like, I can just tell how good somebody is by if, when I see their clothesline. 
When, with him having a promotion here, obviously, they're talking about, was he a wrestler that became a promoter, or was he a promoter that put himself in the ring? Uh, or don't probably, you know? Probably wrestler first, because I, I know he wrestled in, like, I want to say he may have wrestled in, like, 89 or 90. Like, he may have been one of them uh, hams that went down, um, like, a bunch of, bunch of the local guys, they drove down to Georgia to work some indies down there for no money, and, and it was just for the experience. And just for the fun of it, and they took a camera and filmed it all. And I mean, I think he may have been on that shit. All right. Well, are you guys ready to? Archie, guess what? You... Though, guess what? What's that? Remember we were talking about at the beginning of the show, like the one, the <coughs> one, the one piece of meat, the, the scrapple. Yes. Well, I'm reading my notes. I'm trying. To, I'm looking ahead and seeing where we're at. And you're not going to believe what one of the words I wrote down is. Scrapple. Well, it's not scrapple. It's spam. Spam. <laughs> wow. This is the this is the processed pork edition of the Reliving the Extreme <laughs> yes. podcast. The pork dot byproduct. Archie, did you actually watch the episode of the show? I know you were kind of doing a run in this week, so uh, I, I've yeah, I've I've seen uh, not all of it. I, I had to conk out like the last twenty minutes because yeah, my granddaughter was running all so around. You but... Six minutes of this fucking show. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yes, folks, this episode of ECW is from November the 1st, 1994. We start the show off with Joey Styles doing an opening discussing November to Remember coming up this weekend, which is going to be November the 5th. And I, my note was Joey's being a great hype man here. He was a he was the perfect guy for this company because he is a great hype. Of course he is. I mean, and, and, he's got several he's got several luxuries to afford him. But I'm sure he didn't take advantage of any of them because he didn't need it. There, there's a there's a reason why he had a, a he had a very very good job at an insurance company in Connecticut, and yet he would still take the train down like every Monday or whatever the, the, the from Connecticut to come down and edit TV, and then he'd spend his weekends down at the arena too. So yeah, what a you know, what a great guy. I don't think and, anybody's you know, ever had a bad word to say about Joey. And the uh, the note I have of it is um, the opening video. Like, yes, like it's it's the first like real extreme championship wrestling opening montage that they have. You know, because I don't I, I didn't see Hawk in it, and I didn't see like fucking Sal and all that shit. You know what I mean? Like this was like like this was the ECW beginning video that I remember. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I I don't I don't consider I don't consider the ECW that I think was the ECW that should be was it's I I know where we were at, but I can't tell you the um the building exactly. But it was the weekend that they brought in um Malenko, Hector Guerrero, um all them guys for that that weekend because we we, we ran like a, a rodeo like. Pavilion because it was in a um, Hispanic town, so we had brought in Hector, mm-hmm. and that was that was that was some some good stuff there, man. That that whole I think that was I think a lot of the guys I think that we had Sabu and Benoit on that. I used to like that town, man. That was a, that was a, a cool little place in Pennsylvania somewhere. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was. Okay, I have to look into it and see because I don't I don't remember. Was it I TV? Know, I I don't know if they. It, there wasn't a fan cam because that's before that's before mm-hmm. that kind of even started, right? Um, 
if they're I don't I don't know I don't recall but I would have thought that if you're gonna have like you know Guerrero or whatever and, and a couple of these other other decent names you would probably want to get <coughs> now we already no we haven't seen Ray yet right no no uh, so I'm just trying to think who Hector who Hector could have possibly worked because I knew we were in a, we were wrestling in a couple of Hispanic towns that, in the next couple of days. I understand that, but that's not what I was saying. Like with the, I was just talking with the opening video of like the montage of the show. You know what I mean? Like this is the first one where it was like I didn't see like fucking Hawk. Or oh, what. oh, you mean that it wasn't the it wasn't their traditional opening? Yeah, it wasn't like the the traditional montage of where they're in the space. See the shit from the sports bar. Yeah, yeah. Oh, good. Bam, bam. Bam, bam. <laughs> yeah, that's some fucking that's some Mitchell shit. Oh, Archie. Chad, Chad, Chad. <laughs> Archie, your thoughts on uh, Joey's open here? I mean, I know we kind of covered it, but being the hype man and I have to say that Joey Styles was and always will be the voice of ECW. He was by far one of the best announcers in the business. I don't care if it was early ECW or at the ending of ECW. And he will, he will, that's why he will always be the only one man broadcast booth in the business. You know what I mean? It, no one ever did it after him or, or before, you know, before him. So fantastic. He other than his job. Yeah. Other dude. than, other than maybe, was, oh, sorry, guys. sorry, sorry. I, I was just going to say other than I would, I would say other than uh, like Lance Russell doing the Coliseum shows, you know, near, doing some oh, but of that, that wasn't stuff. that right. wasn't technically commentary, right? Yeah, yeah, that was basically color. I mean, I mean, you know, and he didn't describe anything. <laughs> Lawler, <laughs> Pile Driver, uh, Joe <laughs> Joey Styles is a fucking natural. And like I think Joey Styles should be put in the and and you guys can boo me if you want, but I think Joey should be put in the same level as like Jim Ross. I really do. Of I'll go I'll go one step further than that. I think if you if if you if the grand scheme of things, if ECW was on top of the world, top of the world, and Joey Styles was still a one-man commentator, and, and they were still doing it successfully and make, you know, making money, and they were big, and everybody saw him, he could he could win, win up a, a, Mark, a Marconi. Um, <laughs> um, he could have he won a Marconi because the stuff that he, he did as a one-man person, you know, with a little bit of guidance in his ear, basically was, was detailed driven like mm-hmm. it's unheard of i mean yes it, jim ross wouldn't even be the same i don't think without somebody else there especially at this age i mean seriously jim ross needs <coughs> it's wednesday night you know what that means i think um, it's wednesday night <laughs> i think it's yeah, wednesday I'm not, night now yeah, I'm, well, not, well, I'm not trying i'm not trying to put like a joey styles now versus like a 76 year old jim ross i'm just saying oh, joey no. is at this time, and I think you put it. I think you could put Joey on TV now, and he'd be, of course, ten times. Better well, he couldn't. He obviously couldn't do. He couldn't do it alone because every wrestling show is seven and a half hours long now. But yeah, he could be every bit as good as a play-by-play guy as and, anybody. And he could also be just as effective if he was playing color to Michael Cole. But as as also a straight man, right? Because 
he could just add that extra color to it and he wouldn't have to have any outlandish stuff. He could just still do the, you know, oh my gods. And yeah, but they tried that with Jerry Lawler and they weren't meshing well because Jerry was like kind of stepping on uh, Joey as much as he could. You know what I mean? And then he had, he had McMahon in his ear too, which was getting him angry. So I, I, Joey in the WWE, unless he was doing the studio stuff, you know, he was like, he was doing the best of ECW and those, you know, uh, WWE network specials and things like that. He was fantastic, but calling, calling WWE matches, he wasn't messing. He wasn't meshing well because they didn't let him be him. Well, it might be a different story after two weeks ago. Oh yeah. Everything seems like a different story. With with no Vince in your ear, it's a completely different ball. Well, there's somebody in their ear. It doesn't have to be Vince, but somebody is in their ear. Mm -hmm. I mean, there has to be. There has to be a director. I mean, but. Well, and during ECW, wasn't Pauly in Joey's ear a lot of the time? What? During the commentary? Yeah. It depends on what show it was, but a lot of times the commentary was done post. Right, right. I mean, uh, if if he was doing commentary at the show live, then it'd be up on the, not the Eagle's Nest, it'd be up on that that thing where Brian Lee threw like Dreamer off of. Mm -hmm. And they they made it so the crowd could see it. You would see him up there because there was no curtain hiding him. They they were just up on this higher stage, and they were kind of like as far back as they could put them, as long as the cables reached. But yeah, they they were you know they were he was awesome, man. Joey, him and him and I don't know, I I don't know, uh, him and Cornette maybe could. What do you think about that too? That would be a good duo. I I even enjoyed when it was him and uh, um, Joel Gartner for the ending of ECW. You know what I mean? And his rapport with with um, Don Callis. Yeah, Don Callis wasn't bad either. Yeah, the the um. The Joe Gertner stuff, I'm sure that was a director, like that was probably 88 percent involved in that one. And who was the other one again? Don Callis. Yeah, that was all Don Callis. <laughs> I don't think anybody's going to direct Don Callis. He's going to get his shit in, no matter what you tell him to do. You know. The next thing we have on the show here, um, and again, there's not a lot to talk about because it's nothing on it is new. But they are showing us footage of Cactus Jack and Sabu. And the, the, the positive of it is I think it's not none of the footage is fresh. But what's fresh about it is Paul Heyman is narrating the footage. Yeah, he, 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 added, he added something to his name. Did you catch that one? No, I didn't. It was the most, what did you call Sabu? He was the most homicidal, suicidal, genocidal pedophile in the business today. You got to go back and rewind it. Smell my mustache. <laughs> but yeah, like I said, I mean, I thought this was this was an effective way. If you're, I mean, obviously, if you're not going to have any first run shit, this was an effective way to. At this point, this company is still, like I say, I try to put in perspective when I watch it. It's still an independent company, a regional independent company, and the point is to get people to come to the arena and watch the show. And this video, you know, did its did its purpose. It, it served its purpose in in hyping the match and getting people to want to come to the ECW arena. It, to, did, for, it did more justice than probably Aaron the match. Like probably yes. even even if you cut him up, it probably did better than Aaron any of the matches. And it's it's because the arena is just so different. Like them matches were not TV matches. You know, they weren't mm-hmm. like they were not the, the even if they were designed to go seven to nine. They still went 15. Yes. And we've we've talked about it before. You have so much going on sometimes. The camera's not catching even half of what's going on. You just you just see a guy with a frying pan in the air, but you don't see him actually clock the other guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's just, 
I don't know. Oh yeah, you, you hear the crowd pop, but the camera can't catch it because there's nobody there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they, their production man, it was a it was Mickey Mouse, it was Mitchell Mouse as a motherfucker. <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> I love how his picture's doing there. It's just a big circle with a little dot in the middle. Because I'm I'm listening to this show with you guys and doing it with you while I'm on the toilet. I don't want anybody to see it. Uh, I thought we were in the Archiverse. No. <laughs> Um, no, you have to be you have to be invited into the Archiverse. I thought Nate told you. There's a well, cover charge. I can't afford it. I'm waiting for a scholarship to my my Archer Archiversity. <laughs> All you have to do is ask. I know I gotta sling some more milk and, and scrapple at my day job because the wrestling business didn't cut it. Aaron, any comments on this segment or Archie either one of you guys? Well, I think were you talking about Sabu and Chris Benoit? No, we're just uh, talking about hey, hey, Paul Heyman narrating the video, hyping the two matches uh, coming up in November. Remember, I think Aaron walked back to the liquor store again. <laughs> no, my, in between that last like minute, I mean, the Paul Heyman narrating that shit was fucking fantastic. Well, who else is going to get it over? Like it's Paul doing what he does best, of course. Post produce getting the most. Out of like nothing. Yeah, look how long I lasted. <laughs> Jesus, I still I still got a couple more wins coming up. I think. Yeah, the house guests still gonna call you. You know, you know what I mean. It's like this shit was fucking gold. <laughs> gold, Jerry. You said you have a couple more wins coming up. Is Exodus nine one one started getting tired of picking your ass up? <laughs> no, no. I think I think I did win um, by reverse decision on nine one one because. He, he took Slimmy so many times that the referee said, if you do it again, you're going to get disqualified. I think it was, I think it was just to pad my record. <laughs> so, so I could still be the ultimate underdog, I guess. I don't know. I took, I dude, I took, did not, I took the choke slam one time. I, I want to say, I bet you it was six times in three days. And it was like once Friday, maybe twice on Saturday, and then TV tapings on Sunday. I think I took it three times. I look at the lineup, and it just said 911, and then it had like a couple of lines. Because it said Chad Austin and Donnie Allen versus 911. It would have been an hour one. It was like the second or third match. And then it was Chad Austin and I think Joel Hartburn against 911. And then later on, it became Chad Austin. And and I guess he's going to look around the locker room and see you as trunks versus (laughs) 911. Well, the next thing we get on the CCW show is uh, it's Public Enemy and Bad Breed in the base brawl match. Isn't that or again? The brawl, brawl game or whatever it was I called. reviewed it. Um, <laughs> yes, we've already reviewed this. And they show us the whole goddamn match on this episode of ECW. Yeah, it was horrible core. It was like, why? Yeah, right, this is already stinky. Why did you show it to me again? You know, I <laughs> the only note that I put was. The frying pan shots are sick and stupid. Um, this the public enemy the, wins with a this, drive-by. This is from August 13th, 1994. This, this is the match that involved the frying pan. Yeah. And frying pans were so cheap. Didn't didn't we bring this up for other shit? Where they would send Fitz down to that little corner store to buy, like, some accoutrements? Because it was, like, a shitty, like, as-seen-on-TV store. Kind of, It wasn't, but it wasn't even, it was as almost seen on TV. And, um... And they sold all kinds of that stuff. And they, they would send Fitz down there with, like, 50 bucks to buy, like, some pots and pans. And especially when, when fucking New, Jack, New Jack's ass came in. And what do you think? He had a suitcase for his camouflage. Oh, he came in wearing his camouflage. And he had a suitcase for his pots and pans. <laughs> I mean, he didn't walk around with that trash can all day long? <laughs> I, I, as far as I've seen it, he did. Collecting fucking crack. 
A trash can full of crack and pots and pans. Yeah. And, an, and a random and, Nintendo. And believe me, he's the only dude in South Philadelphia that can get away with it. <laughs> and still wheel that shit in the travel lodge. And leave his door open. But yeah, this match was, was uh, lo- longer than it needed to be. Uglier than it needed to be. The other thing I did write that was positive, I guess, was, and, and you guys can disagree with me if you want, but I thought, in their to their credit... I thought Rocco Rock and Axel during this match at points had their working shoes on. I mean, there were some, they did some decent stuff together. Yeah, Axel could, Axel could work. And Rocco had been in the, Axel had been in the business probably as long as Rocco. Mm-hmm. And at this point, we're probably talking about, if not 10 years, knocking on it. Right. And they both worked everywhere, like, but in different areas. But yeah, Axel got lucky, man. When he was 15 and 16, he got to travel to Georgia and worked like the, the shitty independents in Georgia. Like, that's where he got, in my opinion, he got his best education there. It wasn't global. Who would have been, who would have been veterans working there at that time? With, with, with what again? In, in Georgia, where Axel was in Georgia. When he was working there, who would have been the veterans working there at that time? Do you know? Oh, man. I, I bet you Joel Deaton's name's probably thrown in there somewhere. Mm hmm. Um, Ted Allen, I, I know probably not even any of the top guys because he was a kid. Okay. So he was probably just doing first, second matches. And, and I, I, I got to find it. I had the video of it, but they shot. It's Dave DeWade, the referee. It's this, um, African dude, AJ Fritzoy doing a black surfer gimmick, Axel. And, and they're all like, they're all like teenagers in some big ass Pontiac or some shit. <laughs> Well, after this match, we have uh, they show us footage from November to Remember last year, and even though we may at times criticize the way the production and everything is at this point, you look back on last year, a year ago when we're doing this show, and boy, have we come a long way in a year. Looking back at November to Remember '93, you still got Jim, you still got Jim Neidhart out there last year at this time at November to Remember '93. Um, so the yeah. company's the company's made huge strides over 365 days. Yeah, I mean the the talent level may have may have shrunk as far as overall name value, but they got more mileage out of it. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, who are our biggest names going into this right now? I mean, Sabu was a was a borderline like nobody just making a name. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We had Funk. That had, had Funk. You know, Benoit. Uh, had credibility, but he had never been anywhere yet, really, except, you know, maybe Japan. You know, he wasn't a, a national name yet. Right. We had a great talent, but it was just not, it was cheaper. Imagine trying to book all that talent, you know, four years later. <laughs> Good luck with that one. Aaron, any comments there? Huh? <laughs> huh? Huh? <laughs> He's still thinking about the public enemy match. Well, the yeah. next thing is, and <laughs> Joey is uh, talking to us about... <clears throat> Kind of the big angle going into the event at November to remember the Sandman retirement. And of course we will next week be reviewing the show, the actual November to remember show. So we'll get to the meat of that later, but uh, he shows us a video recapping everything that's happened between Sandman and Tommy dreamer. And then we go into a match or footage or highlights of highlights, the footage huh. of a match between dreamer and Stetson, Tony Stetson. And um, woman actually throws Tommy Dreamer the cane during the match, which is kind of a teaser of because they've been teasing who is woman going to manage now that she's dumped the Sandman, and we all know what's going to happen. But um, what did you guys Actually, think of I this? <laughs> <laughs> what did you guys think of this as a way to entice people 
to come to the ECW arena on November 5th for November to remember. I, I enjoyed uh, the um, Tommy Dreamer, uh, Sandman, the way that that got built up, you know, whether it was just woman being involved or the way that, you know, Tommy tried to console the Sandman after it happened and everything that went on. Um, I happen to think that Tommy and Sandman, you're okay with her? Well, you weren't here with us last or last week or the week before, where we got to watch the Tommy Cairo. <laughs> yeah, that footage. was that was tomatoes, so, peppers. But did Tommy it again. And Sand, Tommy and Sandman had a fantastic uh, chemistry with each other, whether they were tag team partners or wrestling. Um, and I, 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 I loved woman's interaction with it up until she left for WCW. There, there are two other guys that are so bad they work well together. <laughs> I mean, they're not good. I, Cairo's a way better worker than Sandman is what it was, but he wasn't the Sandman that he became yet. Mm-hmm. So he was still trying to be like a work Sandman, and Cairo was just trying to work. It looked like he just got off of work. <laughs> Aaron, any thoughts here? I think Aaron's froze. Maybe he gave up. Aaron, you okay? Yeah, move on. <laughs> he hadn't brought anything to the table yet, anyway. Aaron's got stage fright. <laughs> when has that ever happened? But anyway. Uh, <laughs> got a case of the Mitchells. You know, came on this show, and all it's been is shot after shot. So I'll tell you what, Mr. Chad Austin. No, please I'm don't here. challenge me to a match. Oh, no. I'm here to lay it down on the line after the PWI 500 ends on the We Can't Wrestle podcast. We do a little something called the Book of the Box. It's a trivia challenge. And I happen to be the champion there. Okay, I happen the, to have never won one. Well, if you got the bulls, <laughs> it's going to be want the, the belt of um, <laughs> the championship wrestling of trivia. Go, but yeah, I'll, I'll take you on. I mean, as long as I, as lo- only under one condition, as long that? as one of the answers is Mister Wrestling number two. It's that's always an answer to any of those questions. Okay, that we answer. I, I, I just keep down the rules. Usually, Lilani Kai or some shit. Right. My favorite though was he was Jewish. Was it was that was it was they, uh, they, he was Jewish. He they was Jewish. Us, he was they asked us a question from the book. Uh, what nationality was so? And then we were like, "What? How are we supposed to know that?" And then the, the answer was he was Jewish. I always so. think when we we have wrestling trivia at Jimmy's famous seafood here, like at least once a month, and I, I, I go every once in a while, and I find a couple of the local comedians that uh, hang out there and do the trivia and they're wrestling fans and we team up together and man, we stick like we could tell you all about like the history of, of Baton Rouge, but they asked a question about SummerSlam, like 92, like some random question. What, what was the third match? That's what I was going to say. I, I would get lost. I would get lost after probably, um, so 90 I'm 40, something. I'm, see, I'm 43. My peak fandom probably ended around WrestleMania 17 with Austin and Rock. After, after, um, man, after they started doing brand extensions and shit in WWE, I get lost in the fog sometimes. I just can't even. I can't remember. You know, they're like, who, who won the main event of Backlash 2010? I don't fucking know. Was the Miz there? Because he probably won. That's right. the shit that. That's the shit that I'm no good. I'm no good at. I'm not even, I'm not really even all that fantastic at the most minute stuff about like the old shit, but nobody's going to even try to pretend to dig that stuff up. It's going to be, you know, you talk about the Mid-South Coliseum or shit like that, Bill Watts. You throw anything Bill Watts has done out there. Mm-hmm. Well, I will allow Nate 
to dig up some Chad Austin questions for you to make it a little bit, not easier, but more to your liking, if you'd like, if you will accept the invitation. Dude, I'll lose to you like I lose to everybody else. I don't care. So we'll make the next, we'll make the next trivia. The next trivia will be a triple threat. It'll be Archie, Aaron, and and Chad. And Aaron's going to keep losing his connection. I think Brad, I think Brad, uh, uh, Mark Brew wants in on that one as well. All right, so and I'll be the host. I'll, I'll, I'll take Kendall's. I'll take Kendall's spot as the host. Well, that's Kendall's going to be of our listening base. Right. Oh, great. <laughs> At least we know we're going to get like we're going to get like seven seven likes. <laughs> we're all we're all going to download the show after you put it up. <laughs> and you'll, you'll probably go. You got to download it twice, Chad. <laughs> got to download it twice. <laughs> Uh, so what was next on ECW now that I've laid out my uh, challenge to Mr. Austin? The All show right, is over. Fuck Robley. Yeah, I've already started prepping. <laughs> the show is over. The ECW show is over. But Buddy Rose. Uh, Buddy Rose. We we will uh, next week. We're going to actually get to watch November to Remember. And booty Pitbulls. I forgot to get my Booty Pitbulls in. My my absolute favorite pay-per-view from ECW was the November to Remember. Yep, I don't think I was on it. That's why it was my favorite. No, I'm just I'm just kidding. Actually, uh, I, actually I think November November was not a I can't re, I can't actually recall how many, but most of the time November was a bad month for me because either I had a I did that one show like we, I talked about at the one November to Remember where the Maryland bought show. Mm-hmm. And then I'm the other time I may have been wrestling down south some you know that somewhere because that was around the time frame when I would take off. But yeah, maybe I'm not on this one. I'm still we gonna be on the opening though. We we are gonna, gonna take a choke still, slam. I'm still gonna be giving Chris Benoit a, a headache after he dodges the top rope in the opening and gives me his headbutt. And I, he, you didn't see it, but he rolled over in agony. We are gonna review that next week, and and apparently we are gonna do this live on Facebook. So if you're a member of our uh, Facebook group. Tune in for that next week. We'll get a time and a date for you as soon as we are able to coordinate that. Um, Archie. Yes. Thank you for joining us this week. We appreciate it. Thank you for it. having me. Thank and you any, for having parting, me. any parting words for our listeners before we sign off? Listen to the best show on WrestleNet Radio and the We Can't Wrestle Podcast Network, which is Reliving the Extreme. It is Aaron's baby. He is the mastermind behind it. Chad, Nate, and Aaron are the three best guys in the booth. Um, we're no, the only guys in the booth. Well, except you guys. You? Well, no. What I mean is, is, except for Bobby Heenan and T- Tony Schiavone and Mike today, you oh, guys are the best three men team. Yes, yeah, all right. yes. Word. So, see, I can put people over, Mister Mister Austin, but no, I, no, you like to throw daggers. Every day in my life, I'm better than Jeff Farmer. So that's true. That's that's what I take to that's what I take to bed every night. Well, are you miss- better than Motley Cruz? No, probably not. I love that we don't know if Aaron has been able to hear any of this and he's been moving around the whole time, but we he can't talk. What about the Kentucky Butcher from Bruiser Bedlam? No, oh, Jesus, <laughs> he's one of the worst I've ever seen. I've seen some see- doozies, dude. Believe me. Like what, one of these days, I'm going to send you this tape I made well over twenty, well maybe even thirty years ago. I called it wrestling's cheapest matches. Oh yeah, you told me about that. Oh, actually, dude, <laughs> I, I I begged for a copy and haven't got one yet. It's I mean it's still if I wanted to it's it's could still be in the making, but it's got to be four hours plus. I mean just like it's got like the whole Mike Boyette oh and whatever run on there. Um, it's got just some classic old WWF TV matches like like the, when the when they went national. 
and they had the good ring and slaughter air, that kind of stuff. <laughs> like some of the best job guys, Steve King. Come on, dude. Aaron, you have yourself muted. Unmute yourself. If you're Steve King and you come all the way from Panama City, Florida, every single week and you get your ass whipped, eventually I'll just stop coming. <laughs> I, I haven't beat anybody on the roster. Aaron, any parting words for our listeners this week? It's hysterical. <laughs> Hello. Aaron's playing the Peaches promo. <laughs> Whatever you want, we got it. Fresh fruit. <laughs> That's what he was doing the whole time, trying to find that promo. <laughs> Like, are you trying to tell us that we couldn't fill an hour time with uh, Archie and me beat each other up and right. eight minutes on the show? Garden, enjoying my vegetables, my fruits. After all this whole month sitting here, tending to the garden, I'm enjoying the fruit. And you know what I enjoy the most? Sitting around here all afternoon, peaches. <laughs> Jesus. I'm going to the country, gotta eat me a lot of peaches. Like if, if that if that video would have been done in like 1997, and Paul was still doing that shit. As soon as he said peaches, you hear that song. And then and then he would have edited the peaches come in a can. <laughs> you know what? If, Ky- if, Ky- if if Cairo never came out to that song, that's a missed fucking opportunity. Oh, imagine Cairo coming out of the Hambone Arena, the Peaches. <laughs> like it, he's not he's he, he's not growing peaches under the ring. He's got some peaches under the ring while while he's on top of the ring eating the peaches. <laughs> just so it's the same gimmick. And then if you want to, you can go outside and grab some, some straggly weeds and throw them in the ring apron, sticking out. <laughs> it's make it look like he's got a garden underneath there. <laughs> All right, Aaron. Now, legitimately, any parting words this week? Uh, my parting words are, I appreciate you guys listening to the Read Live in the Extreme podcast and listen to all the other shows under the umbrella of the... Uh, we can't wrestle network. Um, reliving the extreme. Um, if you smell what the art just cooking, year that was, all that shit. Just thanks for listening, guys. I appreciate it. The only way we grow is through your support, ladies and gentlemen. So let people know about the show if you like it. I know last week uh, we were this show in particular was one uh, number one hundred and twenty-five on wrestling shows on the Apple podcasts so uh we are definitely always in the top 150 generally in the top 115 we peaked at like 88 at one point so i mean we do decent numbers but we don't we don't grow without your support so get out there let people know about us let people know about chad's twitter let people know about the reliving the extreme facebook group and the podcast itself archie and, mitchell. and archie mitchell if you smell what the arch is cooking and the entire WrestleNet yeah. Radio we Podcast can't, Network. We can't grow. We can't grow without your stimulation. That's right. We're grow. We're growing. You are. You are the tomatoes, the peppers. We need of our loins, peaches, the fresh fruits. You are the fresh fruits, ladies and gentlemen. You are Major. the scrapple to our barbecue. Oh my. Don't call our listeners scrapple. God damn it, Mitchell. <laughs> I know who's left. 
Who are you calling Scrapple? <laughs> we got Archie on. Who, who else is listening? Mark, David, Cheyenne. Have we Six got have we, have we got anything from Zelda? Biggest fan. They're, they're too busy catching their breath. They had to walk up the steps. <laughs> Nothing from them, goofs. Hey, one of the funniest things they ever did. I don't know if you heard it, Chad. One of the funniest things they ever did on the six oh five, and it was still when Bix was there. He was still on the show. But did you ever hear the thing that that uh, um, that Brian last did, where he, you know, how Bix will go, ah, <laughs> like yeah. when he's thinking. And did you ever hear the thing where Brian last mixed it with the immigrant song? <laughs> no. Ah, it's so funny. It's so funny. I have to try to find it and send it to you. It's so funny. <laughs> yeah, post it, tag me, or send it to me directly. I I love I love seeing. Uh, see, I would have never made fun of Bix nowhere near as bad as though I saw the picture that Aaron th- sent me. Because <laughs> I totally was like, I don't think this is a shoot. And then he's like, yeah, it is. <laughs> I'm like, that's really what he looks like. Oh, Bix's fan? Yeah. Yeah, he looks like a fucking damp badger. That's what I, that's what I had pictured in my mind for Archie. No, Archie looks like, uh, oh, uh, I don't want to say it. Like, Abe Archie Pagoda, Pagoda, right, Archie? That's right, I think, Nate. I think <laughs> that's an inside joke. He looks, right, like, he looks like a Bagoda with like diabetes. What about what about Tom Casati, the penguin? But I know we talked about him. He was the guy that we, he was a manager, but he would also book all these like halfway decent names and pay him himself just so he could travel with them and he'd buy the hotels and take them to expensive like 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 vacations, selling them they're, they're booked and then when you get there the show is accidentally cancelled. I know I've sent you the picture of that we made we made up of him like a wanted poster. I think so. I think I, so. Oh, I gotta I'll post it on the group page because I mean I had the last remaining copies, and I went and made like hundreds of copies of them. So even I, I had people even ask me ask me my, even Whipwreck. I mean I mean yeah, Whipwreck and McDevitt are both like, do you still have the Tom Casati posters? Because they were going to do some kind of gimmick because of him dying, like not a benefit or anything, but use it as an angle. <laughs> I was like, I, sure I do. I know we're exactly where they're at. Well, I want to thank everybody for joining us this week on Reliving the Extreme. Like I said, next week we will be coming, covering November to Remember 1994. And Archie, now that you're, uh, you've had your official appearance on the show, we'll go ahead and open the uh, open the invitation any week that we are recording and you want to participate. You just let me. So the forbidden door is open. Yes. All right. No, he didn't say it was the fridge door. The frigid the frigidaire door is open. The frigidaire door is open. He said, <laughs> he said the frigidaire door is open. All right. <laughs> Have a great week, everybody. And we'll see you next week here on Reliving the Extreme. Toodle-doo. Reliving the Extreme is a production of Max and Out Media, all rights reserved.